On today's show, what is the Mavericks identity actually? And would a trade fix any of this mess? Reggie and I will get into all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. The best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section which trade would help fix the Mavericks this year. Let me know. Curious. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And joining me from 105.3 The Fan. What you got for me, Reggie Adetula? Cookie cake stink. I want you to know that. <laughs> Off top. Big, big cookie cake hater, Reggie. I found that out over the weekend. That's right. <laughs> Just not into them. Give me, give me, the, give me the quick reason, reason you're anti-cookie cake. Apparently, cookies don't scale. Like, we get to a size that big, and it, it's not like you're getting the worst of both things, right? You're getting usually it's bad icing. So, you're getting the worst of the cake. And then the cookie is not like as good as any other cookie that you get. It's like the worst version of cookie. It's too dense. We're doing, we're doing bad things here, guys. It's like you're doing too much, but not enough at all to, to, to bring me in. Yeah, it's just bad. My, my theory on the cookie cake is that a cookie, the best kind of cookie, are like, they're they're like crunchy on the outside. You got the little like they're crispy on the outside, and the inside is gooey. With a cookie cake, it's just not it's not you don't get crispy enough in in certain areas, and you don't get gooey enough in certain areas. And so it's, it's just, just a solid, yeah, just there. Mm-hmm. It's just there. And so the cookie cake of the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's where our conversation went to the other night after the Bucks game. Many, I, I bet many of you. I bet many of you had like a deep philosophical conversation after yeah. that game because it was it felt like a come to Jesus moment for some, especially for some Mavs fans. The text I was getting, the comments I was seeing, uh, I had to take I had to take the night off, so there wasn't a post game show. We'll talk about the Mavs versus Bucks game, and we'll talk about is it system or talent in that game because you saw some of it work in the first quarter and then just completely get torn apart the next three quarters. And so is it about the talent disparity between the Bucks and the Mavs? About the system, we'll talk about that. I want to talk about if a trade fixes any of these problems. Stein had a couple of reports about the Mavs over the weekend, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kuzma, P.J. Washington, some of the other rumors. I think we have a good idea about what they're going to cost, and so we'll we'll talk about that and see if any of these fix the Mavericks. And then let's start here, Reggie. Okay. The Mavs lose another game over the weekend. They are currently sitting in in the play-in. They're in eighth place, twenty-six and twenty-three. They were 25 and 24 last year through the same number of games. Yeah. So and it went south last season quickly and we saw it and we went how we saw how south it went for them. This team though is different. They're a different team. They went out and changed a bunch of players. So yeah. you can't just say, "Oh, it's just the same team as last year." It's not. They didn't have Kyrie at this time last season. Now, do they have Kyrie at this time this season? <laughs> not not necessarily. But what is the Mavericks identity right now? That team we watched the other night what is this team's identity? And what is it actually? 
Yeah, I was like, I think you know what my my next statement is going to be. It's like, all right, what is? That's why I wrote that. So I wrote actually. I wrote what is go. the Mavs identity actually, not just. You, you were like, let me let me preempt Reggie and like cut out about three minutes of this podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like there's there's what they might want to be, but ultimately what they are is a team that has some other stuff, and then it's like Luca, go get us a bucket when we need it, right? Like that's mm-hmm. ultimately what they are still. When we talk about the identity of this, they're a three point shooting team. That's always part of it because they don't want to clog the paint, which obviously you shouldn't when you have someone like Luka. And when Kyrie is playing, they can get downhill. And so they they have some guys around the perimeter that can knock down threes, but they are not you know consistent knockdown shooters. And so that's going to falter at times. And then you're just going to – you get back to we have a superstar. We're going to throw our superstar at you a whole bunch. And when that works, it is so damn fun. And when it doesn't, kind of tough and frustrating. Their identity is what we haven't seen yet to me. Like – what, what if, if they were healthy? Their, their identity right now is an injured is an injured team that can win some games because of that the variance on the offense is what is what you were saying earlier. Yeah, it's like if they can hit down if they can hit those threes like they did in the first quarter against the Bucks, you hit those threes, boom, you got this. Like you could you could win any game. But then as soon as that starts falling apart, their defense can't hold up enough because they just have, they haven't been a good defensive team. They're still not you know a good defensive team, but they haven't been healthy enough to even see what this team is. And you hope it doesn't hold the Mavericks back in any trade discussions or moving forward. I don't think that it will all signs point to the Mavericks know that they've got pressure on them. It actually probably like motivates them more to make some kind of a move because of how tough it's been and how injured they've been and all that. They need some guarantees. <laughs> this is the thing that I've been on for a while. You just need some guarantees that, yeah. you know, some players that you're not, all right, let's hope that they grow into a bigger role. Worked out for Derek Jones jr. Worked out for Dante Exum. Then he was hurt. Hasn't worked out for Grant Williams. You know, like you can't, and or it hasn't and it hasn't worked out for Josh Green either, right? So you can't. All right, everyone, we got to hope all these guys go into a, a bigger role, and then you're right. like, all right, I hope all these guys get healthy. Kyrie, Exum, all that that hasn't happened. You got to get some guarantees, and so you know we think moves are happening, but their identity is also like it's all Luca. Luca is the game plan, like you said. Luca can get you a bucket, and I don't think it's even. I don't think it's even to the point where all right, if we can't get anything else then Luca can get us a bucket. Fair enough. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it's just Luca. Like you were watching that Bucks game and all the games ever. Like Luca is pass is, is shoot first. He's not pass first. You watch the difference between him and Jokic and they're very different players. Yeah. Luca can be a pass first player for all the, for all the, listen, listen, if you're from Slovenia, he can be a pass first player for <laughs> sure. And he can work in a system that involves ball movement and all that. We've seen it. We've seen him you know, try that and play with other point guards and he plays with Kyrie well and all that, but they just don't have the options to do that. And so he has to be this shoot first, go get a bucket. That's the first option. That is the first one, right? It's not promote everybody else. And then Luca get a, like get a bucket. And in, in, in his defense, not saying that you're like attacking or anything, but in his defense, it does seem like even the kickouts and passing works better when he is shoot first because you see Luka Doncic with like the late kickouts or the yeah. late, uh, you know, draw attention, court, yeah, and drawing. And it seems like that is even like that is even more effective in getting those guys the wide open shots that ultimately seem to help them when they do knock them down. But yeah, it it absolutely is, again, a word that we have gotten really comfortable with in the basketball space, particularly as it pertains to Luka Doncic, is helocentric, right? Yeah. Like this all revolves around what Luka is capable of doing. And you you said the key words, Jason Kidd said this offense, Luka Doncic is the offense. And that's for better, but then also there's instances where that's for worse. Is that by design or is it because of the talent? Chicken or egg? Give me the chicken or egg, right? Is it because the Mavs don't have enough talent? It's, with the injuries, it seems like it. With the injuries, it definitely seems like that they have to go Luka first because who else is getting you a bucket? Even Tim Hardaway, even Hardy, Josh Green, like 
those are the names I just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tough part about it is like if you if you go, hey, we're running a play for insert player here that is not Luka Doncic. Who is it? The fan base revolts. Talk less of like the reason reasonability of making that decision. Yeah, you you don't have players that that get into that place. So that's fair. But I think there was one time that me and you were talking, and you were talking about the idea of maybe their mindset in trying to play around Luka gives them the talent that they ultimately have. Right? You're looking for certain types of players, and that shortens this talent pool even more in what you're trying to add not that they've done incredible in adding those types of players but this might be a little bit of both which of course is a little bit of a cop-out answer but i mean in the immediate it's definitely like they don't have the talent to to run the system it's this question lends itself to something that i was looking at over the weekend there are seven players in the nba seven players in Mm -hmm. the nba that average more than 25 minutes a game okay and they're, they score under 10 points, get under five rebounds, and under three assists a game. Oh, only, I don't like where this is going. Only seven in the whole league. Uh-huh. The Mavs have two of them. There it is, yeah. yeah. Josh Green and Grant Williams, both at like 26 minutes a game, and they are both basically eight points, three rebounds, and like essentially two assists each for both of them. And, and Derek Jones Jr. is at 10.1 points. So he's only out of this because he just hits that 10-point yeah. threshold there. And like you said, some of it is by design. The Mavs have designed these these wings to not have not have this huge role because you do have a Luka and you have a Kyrie, ideally, and and a Tim Hardaway Jr. factors factors into that too. They take a lot of shots, so there's yeah. not going to be there's not a lot of production. There's not a lot of assists. There's they're finishing. These guys are finishing plays right now. They're not finishing enough plays, and the Mavs are not creating enough. And so sometimes some of it is the Mavs system lends itself to these guys not having production, but some of it is just because they're not. You know, like the the other players on this list are not all-star player or like really good players put in bad situations. You know, Torian Prince, Dorian Finney-Smith is also on the list, which I, I found kind of ironic. Uh, Blah Koulibaly, Isaac Okoro, Terrence Mann. It's like all the players that you would expect. Right. Kind of in this list of the, uh, you know, guys that, that run out there, but don't really bring like an elite skill necessarily to, to the game. It's hel- helpful. Like all those guys can, can do helpful things, but what do they really bring to the table? Yeah. And I think the, the, the clear flaw in that is, uh, you know, if you're building your talent in this way, you're not leaving yourself any level of upside. Because I imagine Luka Doncic, yeah. while he en- enjoys playing with the basketball, I imagine that he'd be willing to give up some of that for a more diverse offense that has a little bit, gives him more consistency elsewhere and all those types of things. But it seems like they have locked themselves into, and of course, some of this is understanding where you have been prior and the, you know, the ways in which that stifles what you're ultimately trying to get to, right? Like there, there is a history here that you're working with. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's definitely limiting in what they're able to do. Some of this, I think, is the system. And so in, yeah. a, little, in a little while, let's talk about the system versus the talent. But before we do that, let me tell you about the trades, the trade rumors that are coming up. You thought I was let's going to listen at home. You thought I was going into an ad read right there. I was I not. I was, I, was, I was like, I was all right, really, what do I have to buy now? No, no. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, do, I got one more thing. Okay. Uh, let's talk about if a trade fixes any of this. We'll talk about some of the rumors and all that and more coming up. I had one more sentence. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Let's talk about LinkedIn jobs. They have all kinds of job boards and you can find all kinds of different candidates. There's so many people on LinkedIn. Raise your hand if you're on LinkedIn. There's, I can feel all the hands being raised. Not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals. Billion. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86%, very specific number, of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. 
That's like faster than some of the dating apps out there. 24 hours, you get a match with your job at that point, man. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and you might not have time or the resources to hire. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Also want to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is something that helps so many people and has helped me in the past still go to therapy. I highly recommend it for everyone. Sometimes we just have something. We need something to get off of our chest. You've got something you're, you, you know, you don't really want to talk to your friends about it because they always take your side. And then you're like, well, I want to think about this rationally and think through something and process something. And am I going in the right direction? Is my mindset in the right direction? Am I, if you, if you rethink stuff like that, if you have anxiety, if there's something in your life that you keep coming back to, BetterHelp is the place for you. Check out BetterHelp and see what they have for you. They have all kinds of different therapists, people that will fit your vibe. And if you don't fit the, the vibe of that of that therapist right away and you're like, oh, I'm just not feeling it with this person, you can change. Therapists are understand that, that you need to find somebody that works for you. So you can change anytime you want. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suitable to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. Shut it down. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. Appreciate each and every one of you for checking out the show and listening today. We are a five-day a week in every post game, unless they rip your hearts out. Dallas Mavericks podcast <laughs> on here. Got Reggie on Monday, slightly biased with me on post games. Dana Larson joining weekly as well. All right, Reggie, let's get into this next question. Does okay. a trade fix any of this? All the problems we just mentioned. The Mavericks' identity in and of itself is a problem. Like that, like knowing who they are and like what they are, it seems to be a problem right now. But does a trade fix any of this? Some of the rumors over the weekend. Mark Stein says that you know the, Dallas has frequently been mentioned as a potential suitor for both Washington's Kyle Kuzma and Charlotte's PJ Washington. Two names we've talked about on this show over and over again. And the Mavericks are prioritizing power forwards over small forwards to try and address the size and defensive shortcomings. I think both of those guys would help those issues in different ways. It seems like, though, that, you know, Mark Stein had his podcast over the weekend. He talked to Jake Fisher, friend of the show as well. Stein, friend of the show, too. Both think that the Mavs would have to give up a first-round pick and one of Hardy, Green, or Omax to get Kyle Kuzma. So, I think they would have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then league sources say that the Hornets have, you know, they, they want to pursue Josh Green from Dallas if P.J. Washington was to go to the Mavericks or, or anywhere, that they really want to get him. And so, my question is, which which of these ones? Which of these trades would you do? Which one are you looking at? Going all right? It would take the first round pick plus a Hardy, a Green, and an Omax, or Josh Green, and maybe some other stuff for PJ Washington. It's an interesting. It's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, it, it is interesting. But I think I have found myself in the year of the question mark, as I feel like I have uh, dubbed it for the Mavs. Right? They have a lot of guys that are question marks, and they just continue to be question marks. Josh Green is one of those. Jaden Hardy is another one. I am a lot more comfortable now letting go of the question mark. Right. Mm. And so with that being the case, both of these are more interesting to me. And you asked earlier, I don't know if you intentionally wanted to get into this at, at this moment, but yeah, I think, I think both of these uh, help your identity in so much as either one of those players gives you a definite, I know what they are bringing. Even if I'm not going to call in like an elite skill set that's being brought to the table, you know, Kyle Kuzma is capable of scoring the ball. And so, especially understanding Kyrie Irving, not going to show up to work sometimes, not really like bashing him for that, but it's an understanding yeah, it's the reality right of the situation. Right. Um, if he is out, Kyle Kuzma is somebody that you can trust to give the basketball and expect him to get some points. We've seen him do it 
multiple occasions, right? Like that, that is something that is very valuable, especially when you have Tim Hardaway Jr. You know that sometimes he can do that to a high degree, but it's all, it's not, it's not a given, right? And so I think that that is something where when you have that available to you, you trust that your coaching staff will give you, will then be able to say, I can trust that that is there and I will use it. That is the assumption, right? I understand all the things that are happening now besides that. PJ Washington, I feel like defensively gives you a little bit something more consistent, right? And so that is something that now you can make some level of adjustments because you know that that is going to be a standard. I like both of them. I imagine, and maybe this is like, maybe this is a, the Nigerian immigrant in me. I'm like, oh, the cheaper option seems a little <laughs> bit better, right? Like the the PJ, the, or sorry, the uh, the the PJ yeah, PJ for this, Josh Green and right, whatever like, else they'd have to throw right? in, right? And especially because you know that you still have work to do, right? And having yeah. if you if you were able to have more access to these first round picks once you get to the off season, when maybe these deals are a little bit easier to hammer out, having a little bit more ammo to maybe put together if you need to do things seems uh, appealing to me. Um, and then also I, the, the idea of adding Kyle Kuzma, I, I understand that like he has some defense to him for some reason, it just does not land enough with me to well, you've been watching. Have you been watching him on the wizards? Like, <laughs> yeah, but the, and this is the thing I try so hard to not judge him on this because I don't, I don't, I think the wizards have a no defense zone. I feel like as an organization, you go there, <laughs> that's the terrible not, name for a scheme and no defense zone. <laughs> it is not. It's not a serious organization. And so I can't blame anybody for not playing. If you play defense, then you looked around you, you'd be like, why am I doing this? You know, but still like, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the, I don't have that comfort in the idea that Kyle Kuzma comes in and gives you a significant change to your defense. Were you ever in a class in school where it was like, not cool to do the homework where everybody around you was like, did you do it? No, my vocab homework, like, oh, my vocab, no, just, you know, you blew it off and it just wasn't like. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was a dork and I was in advanced classes. (laughs) I apologize, dog. Like that's those were the people I were hanging around. They were they were getting the work done. In fact, I was the weirdo for not doing enough. So yeah, I do, I do not relate to the question. Now you're slumming it over here with us. <laughs> hey, I, I love it. I didn't I try that it, much baby. in school, and you did. Look here, look here, we are <laughs> right here, same place. In fact, you're you're here every week, right? Or every day. I just pop in on Mondays, you know. So I feel oh, like you won. Funny. The analogy didn't land on try hard Reggie Atatula over there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Clearly, I've shed those. Uh, shed those. Uh, for all, for all the slackers out there, though, if you ever been in a class where it was, it was, where it was cool, <laughs> oh, where it was like, oh, if you tried hard, people would look at you funny. It, that's that's defense for the Washington Wizards. It seems like, and uh, there have been people that are saying, you know, I even saw a couple of locked on hosts tweeting about this that the Wizards are the worst team in the league, and that the Pistons are are taking all the the heat right now because they're losing streak, but the Wizards are worse. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure the Wizards, the Hornets, all of them looking at them like, hey, Detroit, thanks for losing 20 plus games in a row because nobody's ever going <laughs> to think about us. PJ Washington, I think, helps build your foundation a little bit. He's he's a little younger, 25 years old. He's a little cheaper, like you said, cost wise, and then also cheaper uh, just salary rise wise across the board. He's got 16.8 million, then 15 and a half, then 14 million. That's cheaper than Kuzma starts at 25 and ends at 19 over four years. Kuzma's on longer. Kuzma, I think Kuzma though brings you scoring in a way. PJ obviously doesn't. He's averaging like no. 13 points a game. He was at like almost 16 points a game last year. He's been and on not the, only he's been on the horn. Not only does he have that, but then also it's it's a lot of it is assisted as well. So like none of this is gonna happen in his on his own. Yeah. PJ has scored 40 in a game though. Like he he's had some moments where he comes out and you're like, oh man, there, there you go. Like he scored 40 a couple times in his in his career. And so he can get his own bucket. You don't get 40 just by finishing shots unless you're clay thompson on the warriors it's like, you know, like the only way that 
If I had to pick one of these right now, though, I think I'd go Kuzma. That's where, that's where, that's where I'd be. I'd be happy, be happy with either one of them. But I've been on Kuzma for a little bit because I think that he comes in. He's played with stars before, too. He's played with mm-hmm. LeBron and AD. Yeah. PJ has played with, with LaMelo Ball. It's not the same. It's not the same as playing with a LeBron or a Luka and yeah. ha- being in big moments like that. But I do think one interesting thing is you hear people talk about PJ Washington. They talk about him like he's a pro, right? That's, like he has, that's true. Yeah. Like he true. has that mentality. And that is not to be ignored and not to be um, scoffed at, especially when you look at the way that this organization is. Not to say like it's not professional, but adding someone who is young but then already has that, it's not, that's one less thing that you have to worry about. Going to come, going to do his work, going to you know give you what he's supposed to. Um, and I think that matters, but I, I hear you on the Kuzma thing. And then also like, it, I wonder if, do you view this at all as why are you putting, why are you putting band-aids on a defense that is not good when we could just lean all, all gas, no brakes on this offensive thing? Yeah. Cause if you're giving up Kuzma, I don't think that you're trading Tim Hardaway in that necessarily. None, like, it doesn't sound like the, why would the wizards want him? And so now all of a sudden you're talking about Luca, Kyrie, Tim Hardaway, Kuzma. All right. Now we, now we can go all gas. No break. And you're not losing a ton defensively if you, you know, depends on who you're giving up. If it's Hardy in a first, now now you're talking, I think, at that point. Fair enough. Coming up, let's talk about that Bucks game and let's talk about this Mavs team. Is it the system or is it the talent? Curious what you get, what you think about Jason Kidd. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props and odds that you can check out for the Super Bowl. It's a big game. Go check out Super Bowl odds. There's a lot of things out there right now. Uh, kicking and punting. Oh man, how you can just there's so many different things. This is one of the tabs kicking and punting. Distance of first field goal, first successful field goal over 38 and a half yards, under 38 and a half yards. That one is interesting to me. Distance of shortest successful field goal under 27 and a half yards, over 27 and a half yards. Uh, will there be a fake punt or a fake field goal? Yes, is plus 920. So you can get some real if that one if that happens and you put down like 10 bucks on it, you can win $92. Like that, that's a pretty good get right there. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on and see what's available for you. You can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Reggie, the Mavs lost to the Bucks. I was exhausted. I didn't want to talk about the Mavs anymore. And so then we went to a bar instead and didn't, I didn't do the show and we talked about cookie cakes. That's, that's, what, that's what we did. That's, that's, that's what you get. That's a good full, time for Reginald Atatula. A bar and some cookie cakes. Full disclosure to the audience. That's what Reggie and I did. Mm-hmm. Mavs lose 129 to 117 to the, to the, to the Bucks. First quarter, though, looked like, looked like it was going pretty well for the Mavs. They were up... 44 to 20, they were knocking down their threes. You felt, all right, here we go. This Mavs team, they're taking advantage of this Bucks team. Doc Rivers still hasn't won a game as the, the Bucks head coach. But I was sitting there, and I sent this to all the subtexters. I'm not getting fooled by this by the first quarter. Not getting fooled by it. It's not, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me 11 D times, <laughs> not going to happen. I was not fooled at all. Second quarter, they completely give it all the way back. And you, they were up by 20 at one point in the second quarter. And you looked at me there in the game like, you know, if you're the Bucs, don't you just say like, let's just cut it to 12 by halftime. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's 20, 25, 12, yeah. 5, anything. Yeah. This Mavs team can blow a lead at any point because the, especially with the players they have and they had in this game, their defense just can't keep them 
afloat and then their offense wasn't scoring enough and what did they cut it to at halftime they cut it to five <laughs> five aided by a little bit of a uh, Luka Doncic picking up one of these you know one of those texts which was uh yeah, was... fun to see uh no in I don't where do we where do we even go here right like where, 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 where do we even go from here where I want to go here is with that with that game in mind is yes. the Mavs problem especially when they're missing players now they will give them we'll give them they were missing Kyrie Lively Missing Exum, like these are fundamental players, like starter, starting level players to what you want to do. But thinking about this whole thing and those guys being out and everything, is the problem for the Mavericks the system or the talent? Did the Mavericks just get completely outworked by the talent with Giannis and Dame and Middleton and, you know, Bobby Portis? Like, did they just get beat or is it the system? Because it just doesn't seem like when the Mavs' first option of offense goes away, they have any other, they have any other like things to go to. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's part and parcel, but it's it was in this game in particular, it's more system than anything, right? Yes. Um, live by the three, die by the three is making it as plain as possible, right? Like that's that is the most simple way of saying this. They they were out here and they were knocking down threes. When the threes are going, you can see the energy up. And one of the re- things that they did incredibly, and you, I'm surprised you didn't mention this, first quarter knocking down threes, but also defensively, they were yeah, great. They, yeah. they were. They were building the wall on Giannis, which is, as we understand, is like the baseline of how you have to defend him. They were doing a good job of like just packing the paint, not letting the Bucks get inside. And the Bucks just happened to be missing shots as well. Fantastic. You love to see that, right? Now, when, when that started loosening up, when you see the shots not go, the weak side defense is really where it started to tell. That was where I saw it, right? You could see the guy on the ball is still giving effort, but then there's a lot more gaps. There's a lot more spaces, a lot more places for backdoor screw cuts and all those types of things. And then, you know, it just falls apart in that instance. And this is a this is not a team that is talented enough to be able to play individual defense. And so you need to be able to do the system of everybody's playing, everybody's on a string, everybody recovers in the right way. And when the shots weren't going, which, again, points to the system offensively, this is the one way that you have, especially for other people to add in. Luke can go get his. But then when you don't have that, everything else falls apart. Yeah, that feels like uh it feels like a, a failure point that is too big in your in the way that you go about these things. Jason Kidd after the game was asked about, you know, Mavs were up 25 at one point. They ended up losing the game by a lot. And he said, I think we had some turnovers there. We had the take foul, the technical foul, our composure. We have to be better. He's talked about composure so many times and he doesn't take any blame for their composure like ever in this. Mm-mm. And to me, this is the system. The system of, all right, let the players figure it out. You can't also have, like, a young team, and then you can't have, you know, a, like, play young players and have a, have a young team and, like, also expect them to just figure it out, right? It's almost as if they're pl- they're playing like they're this veteran. Everybody's been around forever. They've got winners all across the board. Like, they're playing like that when they don't have that roster, especially in a game like this, right? When you have Kyrie and, you have, you know, guys, other guys that have been around for a while, that's different, but... Derek Jones Jr. Grant Williams has been to, you know, to titles and, you know, has been, yeah, he's been to a, a finals and all that. Um, yeah. Luca's obviously played. Tim Hardaway, though, no, not a lot of playoff experience. Josh Green, not a lot of playoff experience. Maxi has. Jade Hardy, none. Dwight Powell, you know, some with the Mavs. And you, like, there's, there's not like a bunch of veterans across the board where you go, all right, we can trust these guys. Right. <laughs> and so to me, to me, that yeah. this loss, even though they were completely out talented, the system failed them in a lot of ways. Seven of 25 from three in the second half. And that's why they couldn't get anything going. I mean, that's it, right? Like you, if it's all about making these threes, if there's no level of like adjustment 
either made or available that you do not allow yourself much room for the, success. The composure part of it though, the composure part of it in this game, especially the refs were yeah. not giving them a, it didn't feel like a fair whistle for the Mavericks. And anytime that happens, yeah. the Mavs lose it. They had the play where Luca got kicked in the stomach and the nuts in the same play. And Maxi got hooked and they, they didn't call anything. They went back and reviewed it all. And they said it was incidental contact. They had, they had all kinds of weird plays like yeah. that. And that stuff happens. And the Mavs just break down when that happens. And Jason Kidd even mentioned after the game, he said, we lost Luca there for, what did he, what was the exact, we lost Luca there for a minute. And then he came back. I mentioned that to you. It's like, it looks like they're dead, but Luca will always come back. The problem is all the other players don't join him. They, they stay lost. They, they, they lose it when he loses it. How much yeah. of the composure thing is on Kidd? I mean, a significant portion at this point, especially when you consider like, okay, the idea is you're talking to them or whatever, and I don't know, maybe they're not, maybe the message is lost on them. But the tough part about it is that that's your job. Or like that, you, you, it's incumbent upon you to figure out a way to reach your team. Um, and I've talked about the ways in which, and I think we've talked about the ways in which, okay, there might not be the guys to do this and be some level of self-starters or like a, a general on the floor that's <laughs> going to make, you know, get them, yeah. you know, to that place. And so this is where I think you being the ultimate accountability on this team needs to find a way to get that done. And I understand I'm saying that as if it is easy. I'm sure it is not. But yeah, the, I think you pointing out the fact that none, never is the conversation in post games pointed back towards kid for himself. That that ends up being a little bit, uh, I don't know, jarring is the right word. It's like, hey, I understand they are they're not keeping their composure and you have challenged them. But at some point there's got to be some level of reflection on how you go about this and responsibility on him. This yeah. is the thing I've, I've given Jason kids credit for a lot of things this season. This is one thing I will never give him credit for. Cause he doesn't think that it's part of the, the head coach's job. And he just, you gotta ask them. I'm just a coach. We've seen yeah. that so many times. And okay. If your players aren't taking the reins of leadership, remember I, a couple weeks ago, I asked him the question about defensive leader. He said, we're still looking for that guy. All right. If they're not going to do it, then it's, uh, it comes back to you. Right, and to build up those leaders, and to get Luca to a point where we don't lose him every single time fouls aren't going his way. Right, like one of the big credits of Jason Kidd is that he's supposed to be able to communicate with Luca and and tell Luca things because he respects him, and you know he was a player, players coach, and all that. You're supposed to be able to tell him the hard things, and it, Luca has not taken that, like, taken a step forward yeah. in the, in that area. It felt like he did at the beginning of the season, and it just seems like it's gone backwards. Uh, the more he gets frustrated, the injuries have piled up. That's been a huge thing, obviously. And I'm talking about injuries to Luca himself. Like he got he got hurt. He yeah. said he felt a pop in his ankle in this game. Came back. Like what you know? No one ever questions Luca's like fight back. He he fights back more than anybody. But yeah. you just you lose him in the you lose the confidence when the refs and the calls just start going the wrong way for him. And he, you know he slumps his shoulders and goes back. And he's gonna come back and get you a bucket when you need it. But you you lose him. Right, and especially when we talk about the fact that he's he is the offense, he is the system. Right. Yeah. You lose the system You're losing for your a system. Few <laughs> yeah, for, we lost the system for a few minutes there. Let's just go ahead and reboot this and get back. And now you've lost, you know, you've lost your lead, or you you've you found yourself down. Yeah, that's that's really tough. But yeah, yeah, he. I mean, at this point, I've tried to be like unreasonably fair in a way with Jason Kidd, understanding that you know it's not going to be as easy. But ultimately, there's got to be. You got to figure something out, right? Like this is part of having the job. And honestly, if if this was a, you know, just a nebulous, a, a coach X or whatever yeah. in a vacuum situation, 
could you not say in some ways that maybe they are losing the team, losing the locker room if with not seeing the message being uh, internalized? Say it was someone named, I don't know, Adrian Griffin. Say it was somebody with that name. Like, say say it could have been somebody like that. Yeah. Bucks made yeah. that change. Now, is it going to help them or hurt them in the end? I don't know. But we'll see what happens with it overall. Uh, yeah, no, this is this has been a, you know, these games like this, I feel like when the Mavs lose like this, it's another one of those just bad losses that are on, that's on kid to not have this team prepared and to have other options and other things to go to. Uh, and to not just like throw your hands up and be like, well, you know, we missed threes, you know, and, you know, just didn't yeah. work. And Der- he said this on what happens when three stop falling, you know, we missed some bunnies who normally have made there. D-, D Jones missed a couple of dunks, you know, and all that. And, you know, they took our best shot out there in the first half and it ended up being a positive. And then uh, <sighs> I'm it's frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with this. First shot. Does, if the first haymaker doesn't land, we'll see. That's it. And if you don't have the first, if the first one doesn't happen for you, then what other options do you have? And the maps have not been, their other options have not been utilized or at least even attempted, it seems like. So there you go. Let us know in the comment section, would a trade fix any of this? Which trade do you think would fix any of this and help the Mavs take a step forward? We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Slightly and I will have the Mavs versus Sixers post game. There's a lot of guys out. Joel Embiid is definitely going to be out in this game. So this this becomes a winnable game for the Mavericks. So if you checked out (laughs) and then... Get back because they'll probably win this game because this team makes no sense. So come back tomorrow. Guys, thanks for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom.